Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A Dominion podcast. But yeah, if you are if you are at all like like into coffee, go to your local Starbucks and ask them if they have a clover machine. Um, it's not something that every Starbucks has, and we've looked into this, and the machine costs like ten thousand dollars or something crazy. Um, <laughs> oh, I did hear like, about this. You yeah, probably told me about it though. They're um like you, it's it's any given coffee that they have, they can make in the clover machine, but they also have coffees that they'll only make in the clover machine. Um, and like it's just really excellent coffee. So if you are the kind of person who like really appreciates good coffee, who's like a, a snob, um, like me, uh, go there and ask if they have it. See if you can find a Starbucks that does. I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's, it's like five bucks for a cup of black coffee, but like, man, it's worth it. Welcome to Making Luck, a coffee podcast. Yeah. My name is Adam. Hi. And uh, with me is Jake. Hi. Hi. How are you? Uh, I don't want to talk about that. How are you? <laughs> I am, I'm alright, yeah. Um, you know. I'm feeling better physically than last week. Good. Um, I, I guess I really shouldn't talk about the details of that on the podcast <laughs> either, because that's not attractive. And, um, and to celebrate, um, I have some, uh, cookies here. Yeah? Um, my wife and I, uh, found this bakery near us. It is, uh, Indian, uh, Indian pastry. And uh, if you've ever been to the Indian restaurant we go to, yeah. you would be wary of Indian desserts. But um, <laughs> uh, these cookies are these cookies are pretty good. It's a bu- it's buffet desserts in general, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I can't okay, that's I can't think of very many buffets <laughs> that like have like an excellent dessert bar. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's fair. Uh, did you? I offered these before and you refused. Do you do you want one of these? I am totally good, thank you. All right. Uh, now I've I've had a couple uh, bites of these. These are shortbread cookies, and um, they are they're drier than one would expect American cookies to be. But we're gonna we're gonna try this one. It looks like it has some kind of uh, preserves or maybe like a lemon jam in the middle of shortbread, which actually doesn't make sense. But I think that's what it is. Let's let's give this a shot. Mm. Has a crunch to it, yeah. Yeah, but it's still like soft, like that sandy French texture. Okay. Mm. I, f- it's like an orange marmalade, maybe like a bergamot filling. Okay. The tart orange. It actually doesn't make much sense with the shortbread, but whatever. Oh god. Um, this is the chocolate one. I just dropped it on the floor, but five second rule. Um, I'm gonna pick the dog hairs off of it because this is worth it. Um, he's actually doing. There are actually like visible dog oh, yeah. hairs that he's picking off of the cookie. I had a bite of this one. It's worth it. Um, not American chocolate. I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, they, it's like milk chocolate, and yeah. I like white chocolate and milk chocolate. The dark chocolate is definitely not for me. Uh, they actually like make it with typical man. Stuff. It's like. Um, there's like a the I know what it is with British chocolate. It's because they use milk instead of sugar. Um, it's like Cadbury chocolate tends to be quite good, I think, just mm. because of that. No, but I don't know. So I mean, good. I still think like Hershey's chocolate is still some of the best chocolate I've ever had. Milk I've, chocolate. I've had a chocolates. I've had a lot of fancy chocolate. Yeah. Milk chocolate. Anyway. Um, these these cookies were good. Um, they were a little expensive, but mm-hmm. you know we got a lot of them, so we got a little bit of a discount. Seems like they were worth it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you gotta uh, live a little. All right. Well. Anyway, um, one more thing before we get into the uh, real content of this episode, which okay. um, you might have started listening for. <laughs> um, there is uh, Gen Con events. Uh, Gen Con, you know, the board mm-hmm. gaming convention in Indianapolis yeah. um, that happens every summer. Uh, the events just went live this weekend. And you may have noticed, and I, I've said this before um, to my IRL tournament circles, but um, the 
a normal like world championship that Rio Grande, the publisher, hosts at Gen Con is not happening this year. And, um, you know, rumor has it it's kind of been on the verge of not happening for many years now. And, and finally, uh, Jay, the CEO, has, um, you know, he's decided to not chicken out. We're not having it. And they're just going to do their normal RGG stuff. And, like, I understand, um, you know, they put a lot of money into it and a lot of time. And, sure. you know, they just don't feel like doing it anymore. Um, with that said, um, you know, obviously my own tournament is not going to revolve around that anymore. But also, uh, there is an unofficial Dominion tournament that I know of. I've been in contact with the TO. Um, as of recording this, which is roughly a day after the events went live, uh, it filled up. So, uh, rip that. <laughs> <laughs> there were only 16 slots in the tournament. Sure. I, so, I mean, like, no one's saying, like, you can't... I mean, Gen Con events, if you go there, like, people don't show up to those. So if it's something you're interested in and you're going to be at Gen Con, you might as well at least, like, show up to it and ask if there's an open spot. You never know. So, yeah, you can buy generics and wait on standby. Uh, the other thing you can do, actually, is you can contact um, me, um, and I can get you in contact with the TO. He has said if there's enough interest and he thinks he could fill it, uh, the next step up would move it would be moving it from sixteen players to sixty four players, which would probably that's there's no in between. It just goes from sixteen to sixty four. Yeah, it's it's four <laughs> player games. Oh, and so, okay, and it's, okay. And it's single elimination. Gotcha. So it's okay. adding another round to it. Okay. <laughs> so yes, it goes from sixteen to sixty four. That's hilarious. Um, the prize is a laser etched Dominion storage box of some kind. Uh, the guy who runs it. Uh, designs these things and so i'm gonna maybe see if i can get him to help me with some of the stuff for my tournaments he actually awesome. doesn't live too far away from here um but anyway i can get you and i can if there's a big clamoring of desire for this it's not impossible that the format could be extended um i'm not going to be going to gen con this year i've got other plans this summer and uh, they're more important than gen con uh we'll get to that later but anyway um i wanted to let people know about that and and also um you know i do have a facebook group where um, if you're in the Midwest of the USA or anywhere nearby, you can get notified of any kind of events like this that are going to happen. So yeah. um, I know this same guy is hoping to run something at Origins in the future. I don't know if he's planning on doing anything this year. I kind of doubt it, but um, he mentioned next year. And then also he wanted me to help him run next the following year's Gen Con stuff, and I was like, oh boy. I mean, I, I can do that, but um, that's... Uh, that's a story for a different day. I don't know if I'll be able to go to that Gen Con as well. But, hey, I want to at least uh, start promoting that tournament because, you yeah. know, um, it's Dominion, and I like it when people play Dominion. It's super great. Yeah, that's what we'd, uh, we're here for, so yeah. for sure. Yeah, sounds good. Are you going to be playing in the tournament, by the way? At Gen Con? Yeah. I'm not going to Gen Con at all. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. Rip. You want me to bring you back a... a hot dog from the concession stand <laughs> you know there were a lot of ways you could complete that <laughs> sentence that i would have said yes to but that was not one of them. <laughs> but i appreciate the thought yeah um all right maybe well, something a little less perishable if there is anything that uh, you know is going to be at gen con that you're interested in let me know i can uh you know actually uh, i might want you to take the video camera and show up at the tournament and interview the winner or something sure why not yeah, yeah. So uh, we may we may have something like that for the podcast uh, when the time comes. Yeah, for sure. I'm down. Um, speaking of Dominion, yeah. Uh, sometimes we talk about it on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, in in fact, last week, uh, just last week, we did an episode um, on Dominion about the 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 thing comparing. Dominion. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking <laughs> about uh, villages and uh, what do you do when you're comparing these two villages, um, two sources of the same effect and. Uh, that was the episode, and then this episode is going to be about Vampire. Sick. Uh, but before we get to that, we should probably talk about the kingdom that we played that uh, was, you know, a follow-up to that episode. Sure. So, uh, let me read the cards to you. Sounds we good. We have Native Village, Improve, Shantytown, Moneylender, Nomad Camp, Talisman, Rabble, Relic, Royal Seal, Tragic Hero, and we had Inheritance and Keep. <clears throat> One more time for our audio-only listeners. Native Village, Improve, Shantytown, Moneylender, Nomad Camp, Talisman, Rabble, Relic, Royal Seal, Tragic Hero, 
And we had Inheritance and Keep. So, if you remember at the end of the last episode, we didn't actually have a ton of disagreement in terms of what we were going to go for, what we thought was going to be good. Um, and I, do, I think we still don't. I think for the most part, it, the kingdom played out the way we expected it to. Uh, but maybe we should describe sort of what that looks like. Yeah, there's a couple things. Uh, I think we both agreed you would want to open with a moneylender, and you would prefer to get a silver with it. On a 5-2, yeah. you suck it up and get the native village, but you still get that moneylender to open with, right? Mm, yeah, I never had a 5-2, actually. but I um, did in a bot I game. Think, I think that you do. I think, yeah, you uh, yeah. go moneylender, native village, and cry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Manly tears. I, I didn't shed any manly tears, but I was playing a bot, so... Yeah. I mean, no like, need. it's not the end of the world. You're down... You have a native village instead of a silver in your deck, so, like, you're not probably going to be hitting five again anytime soon i mean you could hey, it you could, could happen you could with hashtag just a, believe yeah you could you could hit five with just the money lender yeah, but man. like it's not super likely and uh you're certainly not likely to be hitting uh six or seven anytime soon which of course are important price points here yeah i don't think we mentioned this out loud but um you do want to put a, a number of silvers in the deck i think we said the first five was relic which you know is yeah a lot like a silver yeah. But um, I think, you know, that silver you open with is probably not the last silver. Yeah. I think I, putting at least a second and possibly a third silver in soon is quite good. Yeah, I put my second silver in in the second shuffle. If I didn't, if I had a hand that yeah, hit five, didn't hit that five, didn't yeah. hit five, basically, I put a silver in because, like, having that extra silver in, um, you know, obviously the silver is going to give you value throughout the game because most of the cards you're wanting to buy are kind of expensive. But uh, five and up. But also uh, having two silvers and a money lender in the deck is when you can kind of start taking inheritance seriously. Uh, it's kind of when you you can start saying like, oh, I could actually hit inheritance. Is the point where you've got two silvers and your money lender, and then you could kind of make it happen. Yeah, I think games are won and lost many times by uh, who gets an early inheritance. Okay, and silver is pretty good for that. That seemed to be the case here. Uh, but I will say that, like, it's not, it wasn't, like, the kind of inheritance board that, like, I sometimes see where it's like, oh, my, I have inheritance, now I have this huge advantage. Uh, I mean, like, it's big, like, turning your states into native villages is, is good, and native villages the target. I mean, I don't know what else you would do. Um, Resign. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I mean, it's, I guess, inheritance is so good that I, I guess I'm a little spoiled on it having a better target than Native Village. Hey, it's still great, though. There's there's no other way to thin the estates. Yeah. Right. And also it makes your future Native Villages worth an extra point. Yeah. But then you can't gain multiples with Talisman. Hashtag edgecased. With one or Oh, wait. He's not here. That, that'll um, be a future episode. Yeah. By, by the way, like we're seriously considering doing an episode edge case with Wandering Winder. Yeah. If you don't want to hear that, you should probably speak up. <laughs> uh, it's gonna happen yeah so uh okay so we've talked about our first five is relic um and then you're trying to hit uh you've got a couple of silvers a money lender and a relic in the deck you're trying to hit inheritance what else are you doing uh well you're spamming tragic heroes yeah just about um i mean so you're spamming tragic heroes partially because you've got a bunch of native villages in the deck because you just inherited them yeah um and so this this uh smithy variant becomes quite good and so you know it's got the buy as well yeah, the buy is a big deal, and blowing it up to get a treasure is a big deal with keep around. Having that option later in the game, yeah, it's, it's quite good, because you can, like, you, your opponent can't really leave piles too low, because, uh, you know, keep points can always be manipulated with tragic hero blowups. Yeah, I mean, you say having that option later in the game, and doing it later in the game is really good. Yeah. Like, whenever you can I mean, yeah, I guess option is being generous because it's usually, like, going to happen or it's not. Right. I didn't find um, myself with much control over yeah, whether or not I could do this. true. So Fair I think the, the point, uh, we had originally chosen this kingdom because Jake first saw it and he was like, oh, Shantytown is better than Native Village for this deck. And then by the time we recorded the episode, Jake was like, okay, Native Village is a is a good card for this deck and probably you want more of those in Shantytowns. Yeah. And I think the why behind that is a little bit illuminating and also when to break that and go for the Shantytown. Sure. I think it goes back to a point that we were making in the last episode especially with villages 
um, the number of cards that you draw with that village is going to be really significant. And in a lot of cases, let's say you can't expect to draw the cards off Shantytown, then you're going to prefer Native Village. Because even though Native Village doesn't draw you the one entire right. card per play, it's drawing you more than zero, which is what you can expect out of Shantytown if your deck isn't going to be capable of getting that. Yeah, I mean, like, Shantytown uh, is re- kind of rewards you for having flexibility with the order you play your cards in. And that means that extra actions. Right, and that flexibility is usually only like given to you by villages. So like uh the other villages besides Shantytown. Exactly. So like <laughs> the thing is that the native village, the Shantytown for most of the game is effectively drawing you zero cards. You can get lucky and it draws you two, but like but I'm if your not, name is Adam Horton, you can't. Yeah, I'm not going to rely on that until I've got a bunch of native villages in my deck. Once I've inherited native village, and I've got a few, maybe from estates or other native villages I've gotten, then I started actually taking the shanty towns. Yeah, you can, like, splash a couple of those bad boys. Yeah, not too many. Don't go crazy. And, like... I wouldn't say more than two. Because, yeah, they... I mean, the native villages draw you a maximum of one card, it's, depending it's on how, It's actually like, less. But yeah, yeah, it's weird. Uh, whereas the shanty towns can draw you more than that. It's and, an asymptotic maximum. Right, and you can, I mean, the, the having the bunch of native villages gives you the flexibility to let your shanty towns draw cards. Y- you lose flexibility in terms of, like, not gaining to take stuff off your native village bat when maybe you wanted to, and you can draw them in bad situations, but anyway. Uh, not a huge deal, because, like, if you just leave the shanty towns alone, um, you're They'll not, leave you alone. Yeah, you're not. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're more exactly. afraid of you than you're afraid of them. Right. Yeah. They're not. They're not. You're not losing out a, on a huge amount of deck potential. But you know, it can be nice to have a few. Yeah, it wasn't awful, but like, I mean, I would say the bread and butter village, the mm-hmm. hashtag bread and butter village, is native village. That's yeah. what I want to inherit, and that's what I want to be thinking. Oh, this is where my actions are coming from. Yeah, and so from there, you kind of just. Build up and payload. Um, you just play spam normal. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you normal just spam, dominion. You just spam a bunch of tragic heroes and villages. Um, at a certain point, you get some royal seals, possibly some talismans if you need the points. Uh, area control for keep, man. Yeah, and sometimes uh, you get a copper. Yeah, I actually did get a get a victory copper. copper. In, uh, one of the Sick. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, nice. so yeah, not a lot to say about that board, I guess. Yeah, not not a lot more. Yeah, but before we move on, I just want to take one more bite of this cookie because I've been staring at it and it looks so good. All right, so Adam's doing that. I'm going to go ahead and read the text of Vampire. Vampire is a knight card. It's also an attack from the Nocturne expansion. So this is just a knight card. It's not an action. Uh, so like you, you only get to play this in the knight phase, and it says each other player receives the next hex gain a card costing up to five other than vampire and then exchange this for a bat Uh, oh and vampire itself costs fives um that's important so each other player takes a hex when you play the vampire and then uh you gain a card costing up to five and then you change the vampire into a bat and bat is another knight card from nocturne and it costs two it says, trash up to two cards from your hand. Remember, this is in the night phase, so they can't be cards you've played or anything. Um, trash up to two cards from your hand. If you trash at least one, change the bat back into a vampire. So you've got this cycle of the bat gaining cards and then the bat eating other cards and turning back into vampire. And all throughout the while, it is throwing hexes out at your opponent. Yeah, so... Um... Oh, so I think um, it's an interesting story how the card came about. Not many cards in Dominion are conceived based on theme, if you believe that. Dominion hasn't exactly had a strong theme. But for Nocturne, uh, during playtesting, you know, a lot of the cards were done and it was like, well, um, we want a vampire card. None of these cards are vampire cards. Let's make a vampire card. Yeah. So then uh, the playtesters made a vampire card, and, and here it is. And uh, I, I do know at one point that, um, that you could gain vampires with vampires. 
and then it turns out that was really powerful, and so now you can't gain vampires with vampires. So, interesting. I was it really powerful? Apparently, it was. I, I have heard. It. I have heard. I know I, from people who play tested with it that it was like really like seemed like degenerate, but. I have to wonder how good it was. Like, Degenerate good... is only bad if it's actually powerful. Right. So I don't know. Uh, but anyway, you can't. You can gain anything else, though. So Yeah. So even duchies. That's the important thing. Yeah. Like, you can actually gain duchies with this thing. And hey, uh, duchies are worth points. Yeah. I think that like most people understand at this point that this is quite a powerful card. Uh, yeah. Nocturne's been out for a while. And I think, you know, you and I both called this like the most powerful card in the set. Yeah. Still um, do. Yeah. And I, I would still say that as well. Uh, I yeah. mean, that's not saying much. I mean, yeah, Nocturne doesn't have any huge, like, 10 out of 10 mega OP broken stuff in it. But Vampire's, like, kind of as close as we get. I think yeah. it's, it's a really it's powerful good card. card. Yeah. Uh, so what what does this card do for you? And the answer is, is kind of everything. This card, uh, like, it builds your deck by uh, helping you gain cards. It attacks the opponent. So it's two payload functions, and then it... It also trashes cards, and it's doing all of this non-terminally. Um, so if it has one weakness, it's that uh, it's doing everything. It's a it's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. Um, which is funny, because jack-of-all-trades is really good at one thing, whereas vampire is well, kind of jack mediocre. Jack is good at four things. Right. Uh, whereas <laughs> vampire is kind of mediocre at, a, at all these things, but the fact that it's doing all of them for you, even if it's slow to do them... Um, it just make it such a such a powerful package. Yeah, the, generally the more things a card does for you, uh, the more powerful good. a card is. So yeah. actually you can just look at the word count. You can just copy-paste it into a yeah. word count. So yeah. that's why like prints and possession are really powerful. They have a lot of words. I'm <laughs> kidding. True. That's not true. So, but, but yeah, the fact that it does a lot of different things for you uh, really helps it with being a good card. Yeah, so I, I mean... We we want to talk about the the deck control aspects of the vampire, uh, and then we want to talk about the payload. Um, and from the there are two aspects of the payload. So the the deck control is really just trashing, um, and then the yeah. the payload of it we have the gains and we have the attack. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll talk about all three of those sort of separately. But yeah. yeah, which one first? Uh, well, let's do the one that you get second. Talk about that first. Uh, deck control. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, so like let's think about the the reason that it can be kind of good to like put a vampire in your deck early. I mean, it's a gainer, so that's strong. But really, what we're looking at is that um, this is a card that can trash cards, and so like there's a really high floor of value to that. Like, anything that can trash cards, especially non-terminally, like Vampire can, is something that uh, it's going to be, you know, valuable to put in your deck early on. Yeah, uh, at the beginning of your game, yeah. uh, say your biggest priority is trashing cards, and, you know, your second biggest is gaining cards. Mm -hmm. And Vampire plus Bat will do both of these things for you eventually, and so, I mean, I guess that points to you want to have this early. Yeah, and yet... I mean, and you do want to have it early, and, like, it's it's bad at, at thinning, though. Like, I will say, like, mm -hmm. as a thinner, it's not that that impressive. The fact that it's doing all these other things, the fact that it thins at all while it's doing all these other things for you make it a really impressive package, but, like, if you think about it, this is a card that costs five, so you have to be putting, like, stock cards in your deck in order to get one. Um, usually, unless you can open with it, in which case that's really good. Uh, but it also flips each shuffle between uh, thinning cards and not thinning cards. So, like, it's a vampire and it's not thinning, and it's actually giving you a card. Uh, and then the vamp the bat is uh, trashing two cards. So, like, the net thinning rate is that it's getting rid of one card per shuffle. And if the cards that's are... best case. That's a best case. And if the cards you're gaining with the vampire are... Uh, stop cards, uh, then the vampire might not be thinning for you at all. Uh, so it, it might actually not be thinning for you, even though it's trashing two cards. And, of course, uh, there is some variance in terms of the bat getting to trash cards, because you might 
not draw it in a hand uh, with two cards that you want to trash because you don't even get to trash with it the first time you see it. Yeah, what you don't want to do is sit there and not put any good cards in your deck because, well, I don't want them getting in the way of my bat and my bad cards. Don't, right. don't do that. That's That's pretty bad. And so... By the time you find your bat, which, you know, takes a minute, you're probably going to have some of these cards that you don't want to trash, and if... Yeah, you might you're be drawing just... them with your bat. Right, so by the by the time you see all this together, you know, maybe you don't have two cards you want to trash, or, you know, maybe you didn't manage to find it in that hand. So, um, this leads me to, to say that one of the more gooder ways to support... You like that? Yeah. One of the more gooder ways to support Bat as a trasher is to um, help it line up with the cards you want to trash. Most trashers don't have issues with that because they can just trash the bad cards super fast and then you don't have that many cards so it doesn't have a problem lining up with the remaining bad cards. Bat doesn't have that built in. Yeah, because by the time you put you, you put it in the deck and then it doesn't even start trashing for you right away. Um yeah, so. and so that that's a, the other big facet of, of why Bat is not a very strong trasher. Right. Because it takes so long for you to actually get that trashing effect out of the Bat. You have to buy a Vampire, which you usually can't do in the opening. Yeah. Then you have to play the Vampire and exchange it for a Bat. Then you have to draw the Bat. So, like, this is Wait. maybe turn eight by the time you're doing this? Yeah, and, like, any any Feels number bad. of things can go wrong in between, including having You could, having you could have it. a heart attack? Right, you could have it skipped by your opponent's vampire or whatever, um, or or the heart attack. Um, so building could catch on fire. Yeah. Uh, now, you like, just get bored with Dominion and quit. Right. That's. <laughs> uh, these are all things that could happen, but like, I mean, we're being a little too hard on it. I think. I mean, it is a card that can thin for you, and it is non-terminal, so you can get more than one of these. And having multiple bats is, of course, going to thin faster than having one vampire turning into a bat. And, you know, you've got multiple of them. Eventually, uh, if you... I usually do end up getting two vampires most of my games uh, for whatever I'm using it for. Because uh, by the time that the one I'm, like, running low on junk, the bat can just eat the other bat. So... For sure. I mean, if you're worried about thinning quickly... Yeah, and, uh, getting more copies of that thinner helps you, especially when it's not terminal. Uh, so that's that's one way you can help with the bat. And the other big way I think that helps with the bat is is again, if you can have draw. Yeah. Uh, by the time you have the bat, and you know, especially draw that you can gain with a vampire, that would be super great. Right. Right. If the in most draw you could because vampire can gain most cards in the game. That's right. So the thing is that uh, this is. It, I, I've, I'm talking about this as non-terminal trashing, uh, but it's actually better than non-terminal because it's a night card. You can even draw it dead with these draw cards. So, Woo! like, there's a lot of there's like a certain like why notness to getting a vampire. Like, there's a there's a lot of uh, like we we've talked about this vampire doing good stuff for you early on, but also even if there's other cards that you want that are doing good stuff for you. Uh, the vampire being able to gain them kind of leads you to be like, well, why not just get the vampire in the meantime? Uh, because it can get those cards. So uh, the fact that it's non-terminal ties into it, but the gains are another really big part of that. Uh, yeah, so if I'm sitting and looking at $5, um, and maybe there's a fiver I want that isn't vampire... Uh, well, it can be easy for me to justify getting the vampire because I can just get the vampire now and then I play the vampire and just gain the other thing that I would have bought. Right, the opportunity cost is like almost non-existent. Um, oh, wow, almost other, non-existent. That's other, <laughs> other than the fact that you don't get to play that particular $5 card right away, you're playing the vampire instead. So, like, the only reason not to get the vampire is if... A, it's better to play the $5 card right away uh, that with the first time you draw it than it is to be playing the vampire, throwing out a, ha a hex and getting a bat. And B, it's like better enough to do that to like justify like not being not getting the vampire and having a gainer for more fivers and then throwing out the hex and getting the bat. Sure. There's, there's like 
whatever card you want, like, why not just get the vampire instead and then gain the thing? Yeah, and I would say that, I mean, obviously it depends on what fibers are available. Yeah, some I would fibers s- need to be played ASAP. Uh, yeah, and, and the big ones that come to my mind are the ones that do the trashing. Sure. Right? If I want to, if I have a choice between getting a fiver now, like, a, I don't know, a junk dealer... I can get the junk dealer now, play it next shuffle. Or if I got the vampire now, then I'm getting the junk dealer the following shuffle along with the bat. So now in two shuffles I can start to thin. So the bat really isn't helping yeah. you justify getting a vampire over another trasher because it's kind of activating at the same time. Yeah. So that's a reason that I would get the other thing over the vampire. Yeah, but then even in those cases, like sometimes... Um, you know, like that junk dealer example uh, with a trasher like that, sometimes you can make up for later trashing by doing more trashing and doing it really fast, and maybe uh, if you've been able to, like, put that extra payload in your deck in the meantime, you can be better off for it. Like the junk dealer thing, maybe you get the vampire first, and uh, you eventually have this deck that has the uh, junk dealer and the bat and the vampire um, and, like, you're thinning so fast because of that, it doesn't matter that you got behind on thinning early on. So uh, this if is I'm going to do that, it's I'm going to be, right? be looking for some really strong draw. And some, like, I'm gonna good... I'm going to be doing that. And some incentive payload to be doing that in the first place. Sure, Vampire helps a lot, though. Yeah. Because it's pretty good payload. Um, I, I would like to mention, though, it, it now seems like an appropriate time to bring this up. So let's... Um, you know, we have Vampire, we have Bat, and let's just kind of take a couple steps back and look from far away at the overall effect that this is having. And right now I'm, I'm sort of putting the attack off to the side. I want to look at the gaining sure. and the trashing. Vampire gains a card, and then the Bat, in order to give you your Vampire back, has to trash a card. Mm-hmm. At least one. So during that cycle of Vampire Bat, during that yeah. hashtag thematic Vampire Bat cycle... Yeah, it's either card neutral or it's getting rid of a card. You're, yeah, you're not going to increase the total number of cards in your deck. Right. Unless you're going to leave it as a bat forever. Like, unless it never turns back to a vampire, then you could do it. Right. That's not, it's not a sustainable thing. Like, it's not yeah. like a workshop where, oh, every time I shuffle my deck, I add an extra card because of my workshop. It's not that way. Because every two yeah. times through my deck, every time I go through this cycle... I haven't increased the number of cards in my deck. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's a good way of thinking about it. Uh, the The advantage of the vampire is, I know you said put the attack off to the side, but that is happening, and in the meantime, it's so so much increasing the quality of the cards in your deck. So, like, it's changing these cards out for much better cards. Yeah, so it's it's basically just like rats. Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, Toby. So, uh, let's see, buddy. what are some other times that, like, and, and that's like a lot of the why notness of Vampire, is like, you know, you're, you're wanting to increase the quality of your deck anyway, and this doesn't, it doesn't slow you down to do it with Vampire versus just buying extra copies of the card. Over and the it long might, term, yeah. Yeah, and it might even speed you up, so like, uh, why not just do it with Vampire? Uh, there are a few other reasons, like, maybe uh, the fibers that you need to be gaining are like a certain kind of attack that you really need to like get the jump on so to speak and like start playing asap like, oh, like a junker about, yeah yeah like a junker is a, a good one also like the junker makes it like harder for your opponent to line up to like get thin with vampires so, like that's a thing uh but also i'm thinking like knights like maybe if you're really trying to spam knights sometimes it's just really important to start playing them right away so uh, depends I mean, on a lot but. Sometimes, but also, like, Vampire can help you get more of them over the long run. Yeah, and then... It can also help you play it, more over the long run, so... It could also you know, it die to nights, so, like, it depends on a lot. Um, sure, uh, that, uh, that, that depends on how lucky you feel. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the other time when I'd say, like, the why notness of Vampire kind of wears off, and, like, it, there's, and, like, the opportunity cost is actually, uh, in the forefront is... In the presence of, like, really, really powerful thinning, uh, thinning, and I'm thinking about, like, really, really fast thinning to the point that by the time that, like, your vampire is going to turn into a vat, and then you're going to be hard-pressed to give it more junk. So I'm thinking about, like, Donate and Cathedral, and maybe even Chapel. Not really Chapel, though, because the back can just do the Chapel, but, um, 
like in those cases, then the opportunity cost of just like buying the fiber is kind of a bigger deal because you get to start playing the fiber right away. Um, so at that point, are you going to get a second card with the vampire? So in Depends. this case, I don't see this as so much an argument against getting a vampire at all. Because having a super thin deck really likes having a gainer that can pick you up a lot of really expensive stuff. That's true. I see this as an argument for just building your deck a little differently. So, you know, I remember I talked about how Vampire Bat, the cycle, whole cycle there, is not going to add cards to your deck. So when I'm donating down, if I care about that deeply and I want to take advantage of Vampire, then I might leave a couple of coppers around as bat food so that I can eventually use the vampire to turn effectively turn those into good fibers. Right? Sure. So I'd consider building my deck in a little bit different way and slowing down on the thinning towards the end. It's uh, a little bit like how, oh, well, trade route is my only plus buy. How am I going to... Or like forager is my only plus... How yeah. am I, I going to deal with that? Well, you know, you, you'll have to think about, well, maybe I don't want to buy that fourth forager and get thin too fast... Right. Well, I mean, maybe you don't want to buy a fourth forager ever. And trade route is a little, a little more friendly because it's such a bad card that you don't want to pick up too many copies of it. Right. You're never going to accidentally get too many foragers or trade routes. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so that's a conscious and bad decision that you might make. Right. Don't. Do uh, that, so yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a thing. And what Adam's saying is absolutely true. Like being thin appreciates having a gainer. So like. Maybe you slow down on the thinness to use the gainer more, uh, but at the same time, at that point, you compare your option of getting the vampire to just getting the $5 card, and like, oh, uh, I don't know. It, it depends on what this $5 card is. is of course it does, today. but I'm going to say, like, I find myself getting a vampire, like, as my first fiver, and potentially my second, and maybe third, and fourth, and 55th. <laughs> like, my, my very first fiver, and a few of them after. I find a lot of times I'm getting that vampire because it's worth. Yeah, I, I usually when vampire's out, it's my first fiver. I'd say most of the time, it's. Uh, I usually also get a second vampire. Um, I don't very often get more than that. I, I don't very often get fifty five of them. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Okay, so like, wh what's another time when like the gains from vampire might not be worth it? When when does when does vampire not have its why notness? Um, Basically, I mean, this one's a little more narrow, uh, but, like, when the card that you want a lot of that the game is going to revolve around can't be gained by a vampire. This one seems obvious, right? But, like, you know, there are there are games where, like, the alchemist split is, like, super important and you need to be, like, focusing on that and vampire might be wasting your time. Uh, grand right. markets, uh, occasionally, like, something like nobles, whatever. Um, that's... Vampire can gain most cards in the game, so that's uh, rarer, but uh, look at the board you're playing and think about it. Thinking is pretty OP. I hate thinking. I know, but it's really... It's helps yeah, you, it I helps have you to do it anyway. Games. Yeah. Rip in peace. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've talked about getting vampires early, we've talked about getting them a lot. Uh, do you want to briefly mention these attacks just to get this out of the way? Okay, I, I will say, like, I have kind of outgrown my hatred of hexes. Uh, I don't believe part. you. When we I... were outlining <laughs> this episode, it just I was like halfway through, I was typing, and it just hit me. I was like, wait a second, we're going to have to choose a kingdom with vampire in it? Yeah. Which means, at some point, Jake is going to get hexed, and it's going to be deluded or envious. And he's going to get tilted and maybe resign the game. Yeah, but And there's the thing nothing is... we can do to stop that. No, but here's the thing, is like... I get tilted and resign the game over stuff that happens from other attacks, too. Uh, so, like, I think that, like, you were pretty on the mark oh when my you God. said um, that, like, uh, that, yes. like, my problems with, with the hexing attacks are really just implicit to attacks in general. Oh, man. Anyway. It's been, like, two years since yeah. before Nocturne came out that, like... You were salty about a hex that got yeah, you. I was, and I was like, so you just hate all attacks. And you're like, no! I, I didn't scream it like that, but it was about uh, like that. Yeah, was, so That was a dramatization. Yeah, I mean, I have like hated hexes since before Nocturne even came out. But, um... But? 
But now I kind of just uh, get annoyed by them the same way I get annoyed by the rest of attacks and and the rest of Dominion. Yeah, and the rest of life. Yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, the the attack portion of vampire, but you know, is it's not just all like life. Right. I mean, of course, like attacks do have more variance typically in games than than other kinds of cards do, other kinds of payload. Okay. But, let me let me just be a little more precise in yeah. that statement. If I play one attack card one single time, yeah. that has a lot of variance. Because if I play a militia and you discard two estates, you don't care about who gives a flying fudge bars, right? Right. No one cares. I but mean, if I hit two coppers and then you can't get a thing, and then, you know, that's really bad. Yeah, in the same way, like, sometimes uh, with Vampire, that kind of, like, represents attacks in general. Like, you know, this, this attack could do anything. I hit you I've... with bad omens, but you don't have any coppers! Woo! Or like that's even good for you, you uh, yeah. Um, like or or I played locust and I trashed your goat. Good luck. Um, <laughs> wow, he really he really doesn't. <laughs> he loved that goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff like that. Okay. Anyone get that reference, please? Comment, comment section. Go. Right. So, all right. So the attack from vampire. Uh, we've talked about like the the fact that the the vampire is kind of like card neutral. Oh, I was you. I was in the middle of a thought. Okay, I'm gonna let you finish. One particular play of an attack card has high variance, mm -hmm. but the point is, you don't want to just play a militia one time over the course of the game. You want to play every stinking turn, right? Right. So, uh, you know, it stands to reason that with other attacks like I don't know vampire, you want to play that a lot. Uh, vampire though isn't restricted to that uh, once per turn right if i have both vampires in one hand it's okay i can hex them twice great so the more times you hex your opponent over the course of the game the more you can be sure that at some point it's going to mildly annoy them or maybe they'll hit dilute or envious and click the resign button yeah i mean so like the these these hexes do span the gamut there is a lot of variance in what the hexes can do but like yeah there's some there's some like consistent value of annoyance uh, that you can like consistent understand. In quotation marks, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, what do you expect? So first off, the vampire. We've talked about the the car, the cycle of the vampire and the bat being like card neutral for you, um, and possibly thinning, but usually card neutral. So the the uh, attack is the part of vampire that like you're getting for free quote-unquote this is the the added value of the vampire versus just buying the cards that you would get hashtag value um so what what do you what do you expect out of that um and the answer for me is like you expect the vampire attack to do a little bit of everything and a lot of nothing i um, i feel like your expectations of the vampire attack should be your expectations of life in general. Yeah. Right? The more bit. expectations you have, the more you're going to be disappointed. Right. Like, when, it, when it, I found out... That is a good attitude. When I found out we were pregnant, and everyone's asking, like, oh, do you want it to be a boy or a girl? You're the father. You must want a boy. And I said, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't have any expectations. The contents of my child's crotch are maybe of health concern to me, but, like... At a certain point, that's no longer my business, and that's okay, right? Right, it's just like that with vampire. The point is, if you have an expectation... <laughs> right, it's like with the vampire attack. Uh, so, like, bear in mind, like, this attack is, uh, isn't something, like, we've talked about, like, wanting to play any given attack multiple times on your opponent throughout the game uh, to, like, just have more of an impact on them. The vampire attack is kind of hard to consistently pelt them with throughout the game, so, like, whatever slowdown or disruption you get out of the vampire hexes, if that's your only hexer, is more of, like, an acute annoyance uh, than a long-term problem. Whatever you hit them with, you're probably not going to be hitting them with, like, over and over again. Uh, so whatever it ends up doing, like, understand that the, the attack from vampire is like a little perk of the card. It's added value from the cycle of bad and vampire gaining you cards and, and trashing things. It's like the fact that, you know, I didn't care about having a boy, but then, and that's why we had a boy, right. which apparently I wanted, right? Exactly. Society is telling me that I wanted that, and so that's, that's what happens with vampire, right? You right. don't expect anything out of the attack, 
and that's the and that's the way you can find enlightenment. Now you can get the value out of the attack. And Hashtag so, namaste. Well, and why do we feel the need to make that point? Um, because the what, otherwise you'll get tilted and lose games. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but also, like, how does this affect your decision making with vampire? And I think it actually does have an impact because, like, I agree. There are a lot of uh, attacks that you look at and uh you they the the presence of the attack being there affects what kind of deck you go for affects whether or not you try to like front run and rush the game end like uh, buy a bunch of provinces really quickly affects like and like certain attacks like make that bad like generally any attack uh slows down like a front running money player and gives somebody else a chance to catch up it makes you want to build a little more yeah yeah, vampire. I don't think vampire helps you build more, so like it, it does that. But like, I don't think that vampire is like something that you can rely on to like slow down an opponent. I think it's like it's something that like the attack is some guaranteed value, but it's an acute annoyance. It's not something that's like going to give them a systemic problem that's going to keep them from closing out the game. Sure, it's not like I have this vision of exactly the dickery that I'm going to do to my opponent. Yeah, I'm not going like, to play I'm, five rabbles on them and shut down their turn. Yeah, I'm not going to give them the entire curse pile and now they're going to have the entire curse pile or I'm not going to make sure that they only have three cards in every single yeah. hand. It's, I'm going to buy vampires and maybe if I need to attack them, buy more vampires and try right. and play vampires and hope that it slows them down in this non-specific ethereal right generic kind of way and it probably will yeah um probably will and the thing is that like yeah i guess what i'd say is that vampire is pretty good in almost any deck i can dream up but vampire doesn't really have any impact at all on what kind of deck i'm gonna build like vampire doesn't really affect for me what the strategy is because Vampire is such a versatile card, and also, you know, it's such a bad trasher that it doesn't, like... I can't, like, play this deck that needs trashing because Vampire is out. I can't, like... And, like, the, the attack isn't, like, so uh, long-term disruptive that I can slow down a front runner because Vampire is out. But Vampire goes in just about any deck I could be, like, you know, wanting to build. So, uh, it does a little bit of everything for you, and it is... It doesn't excel at any of it. Uh, yeah. I, I think there were... Well, the two main points I wanted to get to, and uh, I think it might be time to address this fact. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of gainers are okay until you want to gain victory cards. Um, Vampire's really great because it can gain duchies, and duchies are worth points. Yeah. Um, I think that the fact that it gains duchies not only means that you can justify... Uh, maybe putting more of them in the deck, but but also um, maybe putting them in the deck a little later than you might do for other gainers. Yeah, like, there is a perfectly valid play some of the time where, like, you need points, um, and the, those points can't be provinces for whatever reason, so you'd be looking at a duchy. It's and, like, oh, I want to buy a duchy now. Right, or, you know, what, what generic non-province VP here. Um, and instead you get the vampire. Um, so, like, there are... Yeah, that's happened to me before. Right. There are plenty of times where that's a really strong play, but it has some drawbacks as well. It's but it also narrow, has, yeah. It also has some, like, really huge upsides, so, like, I think we should talk well, about the pros and cons. minor upsides, but yeah. Well, okay, let's talk about the pros and cons of, like, buying Vampire for points. Like, you've, you've decided... And, like, most of this comes down to, like, Vampire's a good card and it can gain points, so, like, I need points and I'm gonna get the Vampire instead of this other thing that I'd be buying. Sure. So, like, uh, the, the main drawback to me seems like I don't get these points right away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once I have the Duchy, now I have this bat that maybe I didn't want. So it seems like the window where this is really good is uh, maybe I know I'm going to get exactly one more turn. Mm -hmm. And then now I would think, okay, well, I wanted this duchy, but I'm going to get one more turn. So I'm, and, I, and I know I'm going to draw that vampire or duchy right. or whatever it is. So I might as well get the vampire because then I can get the duchy later and then throw in the attack. Yeah, so like, the, I mean, so the, the, the time when you're drawing the vampire exactly once... 
um, and then yeah. you're never drawing it again. And, and you that, know you're going to draw it exactly once. Right. That is the, that's the case where buying the vampire is strictly better than buying the duchy. Mm, pretty much. Other, unless, better. yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, it's strictly better at that point. Unless the duchies are going to run out. Um, <laughs> it's strictly better, except for when it's not. So right. pay attention to that. What, it, what we're saying here is that uh, a lot of the time there are, are there is a point in the game where you realize you need to catch up in points, where you realize just buying provinces is not going to do it, and uh, a lot of yeah, the time so that those, means you start buying duchies. So those vampires that you already have in your deck are super great for that, right? And maybe you even get and one And maybe or two you more. get more. You because... get like three vampires, or maybe four. Right, and you would be... And like Adam said, you're getting these later in the game because, like, they can help you, like, yeah, be later than kind of would... a replacement for those duchies you'd be getting. And later it's... than you would get a workshop. Right. It's better than, than to draw a vampire than draw a duchy. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, overall, vampire has these effects. It's got the gainer. It's got the attack. It's got the trashing. Uh, it's a variety of effects of effects, and you know we we've talked about cards that have a variety of effects before. We want to look for synergies. Um, one of the things, so like with Governor, there was kind of a a game plan all wrapped up into Governor, yeah. right? And so it, anything that would substitute as part of that game plan could allow you to play your governors for other things. Now, Vampire doesn't have modes in where you get to just completely forgo playing it. Well, if I have other trashing, I can skip the bat and use Vampire for more Vampire things. Well, that's not right. that's not the case with Vampire. It's always going to do the thing that Vampire does or the thing that Bat does Yeah, when it's time to do that thing. So if I'm looking for other synergies, I can also approach this from the standpoint of, uh, well, what doesn't all of that do? And so with Vampire, Vampire you know, didn't like to thin all of your cards. Yeah. So in this case, um, Governor doesn't really like to draw cards. That's not what it does. So I'm looking for a complementary effect. Uh, yeah. I would say one of the stronger synergies is, you know, draw cards. And so we we look at everything as a whole and we, we can take away, oh, this is what Vampire does, this is what Vampire doesn't do, and that's what I'm looking for if I want to support Vampire, which, you know, you're probably getting Vampire because it's a great card. Duchy. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And that's the episode. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and to wrap this up, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a kingdom. And that kingdom, kingdoms. it's going to have vampire in it. No way, man. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. We'll talk about all the cards it has in it. Yes, let's. Okay, so it has Caravan Guard, Forager, Guide, Harbinger, Cemetery, Duck, Inn, Storyteller, Swashbuckler, and Vampire. Once more for our audio-only listeners, we have Caravan Guard, Forager, Guide, Harbinger, Cemetery, Duke, Inn, Storyteller, Swashbuckler, and Vampire. So, <laughs> you just went through the first time. And, like, one of the more important cards on the board, and you just said duck. And, what? like, you never went back until the second time. Well, yeah, I mean, I, was, I already read it. Okay, so. So, it's the new promo card is called duck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so, this is, this is a board, um. All right, we're good. I'm fine. It's okay. All right. Vampire this... seems pretty good here. Yeah, Vampire does Duchy seem... Duke! Rah! Vampire does seem quite good here. Yeah, I mean, in, in and Swashbucklers seem pretty good together, too. Oh, um, look at that hashtag synergy. Well, yeah, I think you're fighting over the chest this game. Uh, I think it's interesting because we talked about how uh, Vampire doesn't overall gain new cards, and neither does Forager. And whoopsie doodle, that's the only source of extra gains, except for the treasure chest! Yeah. Uh, so maybe that'll become relevant. Oh, I think it most certainly will. I mean, Also, got... the treasure chest is a good thing to have. Yeah. Always. It's especially because we've got Storyteller. Especially because we have Swashbuckler. Well, yeah. 
Well, oh. especially because you can draw cards. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm, I think that, like, keeping the chest for a while is going to be a really strong thing to do if you can. And, like, if you let your opponent keep the chest uncontested, I think you just lose because they can be, like, doing lots of crazy stuff with lots of storyteller draw and... And van- I think I'm getting a couple of vampires here and swashbucklers and storytellers and inns. And um, uh, I'm gonna be honest, I don't, I don't see myself drawing that many cards. I do. So you want to play a, a deck that draws a lot of stuff? Yeah. And uh, mad respect for that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to green a little sooner. Uh, there's Duke, and yeah. I think the duchy split is super important. Right, uh, I think it can be, but I think that if you, if I build a deck that outclasses yours because you dived for duchies, I can st- I can empty provinces quickly enough that you're not going to get to some like points threshold that I can't catch up from. That seems very ambitious. I think what you're saying is seems more ambitious, where you're going to get so many points so quickly that I just can't catch up. I'm not intending to get so many points so quickly. I'm intending to get so many points. I don't think that... I don't think you're going to... So, like, the duchy split does seem quite good to uh, win if you can't. That said, I don't think losing at 3-5 is going to lose you the game. Um, I think losing at 3-5 and having the same deck as your opponent will lose you the game. But, like, losing at 3-5 and having a much better deck than your opponent... I think you still got a really good shot. Uh, well, yeah, if it, it seems like if you're going to go for what you said, and I'm going to go for getting duchies earlier, then you, the point of you getting duchies is to deny them to me, to lower my point ceiling yeah. uh, for my dukes, right? Sure. That seems, that seems valid, and I would say that if I only get five duchies, um, I would have to consider changing plans. Yeah, you'd have to pivot. The nice thing about Vampire is it can help you change your plans, right? If yeah. I if I get these duchies and I decide I don't like them, I will <laughs> feed gonna... them to my back. No, you won't. Well, okay. Actually, well, you're you're probably a little more likely to do that, right? You're going to buy the duchies to deny uh, them, and then, oh, well, whoopsie doodles, my bad ate the duchy, right? I don't see myself doing that for I the record. I could see it happening. I, I don't, for the record, I, I don't think the duchies are going to be so bad for my deck that i'm going to trash them unless i really 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 need that food and i i don't know i think i'm more likely to keep the duchies in my deck to deny them to you but also because they're points and i want them um like and don't get me wrong i'm going to be trying to build a bigger higher payload deck in the meantime it's it's not so much that like i want to have the duchies in my deck it's more that like they're not so bad that they're not worth the points that they're worth. Like, I'm not... Like, I'm not gonna... It's, they're not so bad that they're, they're not... They're not so bad that they're not worth three points anymore. Yeah. Let's no, get like, that out of... Let's get that on the table right now. Yeah. In no, this game, Jake, duchies will be worth three points. Yeah, that's And you true. can't stop that from happening, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Which is funny, because we just played a game that was about stopping that from happening. Oh, yeah, it had wall and embargo, and that yeah. was funny. Yeah, uh, yeah so... Um, yeah, no, I'm saying, like, I'm not gonna trash duchies to bad. Like, because, like, they're not... Yes, we'll I want to deny them to you, but I also, like... Like, they're three points, and, like, it's not... Having That's that extra like stock points. Having yeah. that extra stock card isn't so bad for me that I don't want three points. Like, you know. I mean, sure. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, man. I think I want to green a little more earlier and a little more aggressively I want a lot of vampires. Uh, probably getting some swashies, right? Um, that's going to just be a really good card for the deck. Because, yeah. you know, it, the, you have a really good shot at getting that coffers. You're usually going to get uh, plus three cards, plus one coffer. You're you're okay drawing Vampire's Dead, which yep. is, you know, A-OK. Primo, just fine, Aronia, and the Bats, too. Um, I'm probably getting a number of guides. Just finding the Vampires and uh, getting that getting that happening mm. uh, a lot is uh, seems really good. So I think I want a lot of Vampires. On guides and swashies. And, uh, I don't know about your guides. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to get them until I'm already hitting five, but, like, I want them. In, in the deck I want, it's not going to be that great. So, like, I just want to find my vampies and, and sure. get them back. Mm. Um, do you think 
the, the other thing that I was thinking about is like Vampire can gain cemetery. Yeah, as, I was uh, curious if you want about some accelerated cemetery. trashing. I don't. I don't know about that. Um, I think it could be good in the deck you want to build. Because I don't want to open Forager. Well, like, like I want to open thing is... double silver. Well, for both of these decks, I want to open yeah. double silver. Yeah, it's possible. I don't want to open Forager. I want to hit the crap out of five. Depends what I draw, what kind of hand I draw my vampire in is my quest is my answer to that because well, like sure, if obviously. I'm draw if I draw my vampire in a hand of three estates, yeah, I probably grab the cemetery and without thinking and like that's great. Yeah. Um, but like, man, if I draw it in a hand of like four coppers or whatever, it's a little different because I I do want to have a forger in the deck. I want that plus buy. Um. Yeah, I think uh, well the main say. the main yeah. source of disagreement here is how much do you build, and more specifically, yeah. how much do you intend to draw. Right? Well, yeah, and also you you seem to like not want to get storytellers at all here. Uh, yeah, my deck doesn't want them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can I can understand why you'd want to throw a couple in in your deck in the in the deck that you want to build that draws more cards. I get Actually, it. Yeah. Okay. So like maybe you don't want them because you're not going to have a lot of treasure gain, but like. Storytellers don't sound that bad for the deck you're talking about either. Uh, Swashbuckler just seems better. Swashbuckler does seem pretty good too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, look at that art. Look at that art. Yeah, it's a pretty sick art. Music in the background. Yeah. Oh baby. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so yeah. I, I'm I'm actually really interested to to hear what people think, particularly yeah. Wandering Winder, because if Wandering Winder agrees with me, I know that I will crush you. <laughs> Like, when, when I'm talking about, like, this uh, more sloggy deck, like, not drawing a whole bunch of cards, but, like, getting a lot of green cards, especially with, you know, Duke and Silk Road. Like, if Wandering Winder says that's good, like, you're going to lose to him. You, you have a 0% chance of winning. We'll see. I, <laughs> I'm pretty confident that, like, building a little more and having higher payload is going to pay off. All right, man. Let's see. So yeah, if you are wandering winder, or if you're not, and you are <laughs> we're all also wandering winder simultaneously um. <laughs> wandering winder. Uh, yeah, leave a comment in the comment section, or you can head on over to the Discord. You can get there from adamhorton.com. You can get to a whole bunch of places from adamhorton.com uh, and get in touch with us. We really like to know what you think about this kingdom, about the podcast. Remember, if you don't want to hear edge case with wandering winder, <laughs> you better say something now because the wheels are turning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and also, uh, you know, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, we got a we got a comment from someone on like uh, an episode from over a year ago that's like, "Hey, I'm listening to these. Here I am now nice. in 2019." Nice. And, and you know what? Uh, if you if when you get here, I don't know how long it's going to take you because you got a <laughs> few episodes to catch up on. Yeah. But uh, shout out to you, man. <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And anyone else who's making the Making Luck quest. Yeah. We're, we're glad you made it this far. We're glad you made it as far as you did. And we're still going. Cheers to you. It's been a year and a half. And we've mm-hmm. made a podcast. We did it, man. Yeah, we're getting old. We're going to keep to Oh my god, my knees. Yeah, I actually uh, found gray hair like in the mirror the other day. Yeah? I'm actually gray. Gray hair is in, though. Gray it's, hair is super it's, sexy. It's the silver in fox In my look. scalp, yeah. Silver Fox look. Anderson Cooper, I think, was the one who popularized that. Alright. Yeah. Well, if I can be like Anderson Cooper, um, I don't know who that is, actually. Oh. Well, he's, uh, like a news anchor or oh. something? I don't know. I'm, did Anderson Coop, Cooper popularize the Silver Fox look? Leave remember, a comment in the comment section. You remember when news anchors were celebrities? It was a weird, like, point in American history. Well, I mean, they kind of are, but... They're like not really. Most of like uh, news, news proper news anchors aren't really celebrities anymore. Well, yeah. We have like because uh, millennials killed news shows, right? right yeah. yeah, we have like personality talking heads that are uh, yeah, that's uh, that are celebrities like pundits. Yeah. yeah, we don't really have um, like actual like journalists. What, are we are, are we pundits? Are we what you're talking about? Is that well, us? We are pushing the silver agenda. <laughs> so. <laughs> You could have just said yes, and I would have felt better about myself, and now I'm just confused. What does that even mean? Like, is that, is that like, oh, you're trying to make a, oh, oh, 
I just got it. That was <laughs> all right. That was really good. That was really good. Okay. Thanks for listening to me. <laughs> to me. So here's what needs to happen, and maybe this can happen on the podcast too. Yeah. Um, I need someone who knows a thing about coffee. Hi. Yeah. Um, to give me a <laughs> cup of introductory black coffee. Okay. So I don't really, I have not acquired the taste of coffee. Sure. But I need, I want you to give me a cup of black coffee for a new guy and say, Adam, if you don't like this, you don't like coffee. Okay, sure. I, can I do want that, that I cup can, of coffee. I can actually take you to a Starbucks that has what's a clover machine and, like, tell, like, there's, um, yeah, no, there's a Star, we don't even have to, like, get fancy and, like, get out of French press or anything. Like, there's a Starbucks that I can, like, point you to that can give you that experience because they I'm make I'm going there with you. Yeah. Sounds good. Bring in the video camera. All right. We're going to vlog it. Okay. This is happening. Sounds good. Yeah. We're, we're doing a, a hashtag field trip on right. Making Luck, a coffee podcast. A, a connoisseur's podcast.